I started, I guess, thinking, well, what am I going to do with the rest of the time I've got left? Am I going to add any value to the business? And am I going to disappear into the background and they'll forget about me? And then what's going to happen for the whole of the year that I'm off? Because our business, I already knew, was going to go through some changes during that time. And luckily for me, Henry decided to arrive three weeks later. So I didn't have much time to dwell on that situation. I came with another challenge, which was having a seven-week premature child. Feeling shaky after maternity or another long leave from work? Comeback Coach is the Wobbly Bottom podcast about kick-ass comebacks with coaching psychologist Jessica Chivers. She's exactly what you need when you're riding the return to work roller coaster. In this comeback episode, we hear about the wobbly moments and successes of someone who's made a comeback. Jessica also hosts longer coach episodes where we eavesdrop on a one-time coaching conversation. My guest today is Claire Thomas, one very customer-focused senior director of sales at the technology company Hitachi Vantara. She wrote candidly on LinkedIn about her experience of coming back to work after maternity leave and says, Understanding purpose has become increasingly important to me. If I'm going to spend more hours at work than with my family, it needs to be for a good reason. I found myself more engaged with work that has a social benefit, increasing my involvement in promoting diversity and thinking more about the contributions I want to be known for. Purpose and legacy are often on the minds of people I work with. And I was keen to hear from Claire about how she thinks having a clear purpose makes returning from leave easier and how we can work out our purpose if it's not obvious to us. We're recording this conversation when Claire has been back at work for four months. This episode is sponsored by Raiden Solicitors, an award-winning family law firm where over 90% of the staff say they'd recommend Raiden Solicitors as a good place to work. They've clearly got a sense of purpose and belonging which I imagine shines through in the experience clients have. If you're in need of family law expertise, visit raidensolicitors.co.uk. They're a very warm set of professionals. That's R-A-Y-D-E-N solicitors.co.uk. I hope this episode is useful. And remember, you can get more help and support for your comeback over at comebackcommunity.co.uk. And I do love hearing from you. So if this conversation today has moved you in any way, you've got comments, quips or queries, please come and talk to me on Twitter using the handle at ComebackComUK. And again, that's in the show notes. Claire, thank you so much for joining me today. And I'm going to dive straight in related to that LinkedIn article. What is it that you want to be known for professionally? I've been spending quite a lot of time thinking about this since returning to work. And what is my leadership brand or or persona that I want people to recognize me for. I want to be known as a fair and transparent leader who cares about their people, who is focused on on their success. I also want to be known for someone with a relentless focus on customer outcomes and what we're delivering for our clients when we're engaging with them in a sales world. And I'd also like to be a role model for people to show that sales as a career is a profession that people should be proud of. It's one that requires practice and mastering. And hopefully I can be a role model for others in that area. When did you start thinking about this purpose? Because you've been away for a year with your son, Henry. And I'm curious as to whether this is something that came about when you came back or whether you spent much time thinking about purpose while you were away. It's actually something that started 
probably about three years ago. I was applying for the Women in Sales Europe Awards with my manager at the time to be put forward for one of those awards. And part of that process and the presentation at the judging day was about the why behind your career. You know, why do you do what you do? Why are you in sales? What do you enjoy about that? And I was thinking about lots of things at the time for that nomination. And my why really came down to helping others. It's something that's been an important part of my life for a long time, probably since I was about 17 years old. But it has become more prominent since being on leave and returning from maternity leave because I'm more focused on the world I want to create for my son and be part of the changes that I want to see so it's not a new thing per se but it's probably become more prominent in my thinking in the last 16 months or so. What happened with the award that you applied for? I'm pleased to say that I won it. I I was the professional services saleswoman of the year in 2018. Oh, hurrah! That is fantastic. And how wonderful that that happened before you went away with Henry. What a, what a wonderful thing to go on leave having achieved. You've got nine irons in the fire at the Tech Women 100 Awards, haven't you? We did, yes. We had nine nominations for the Tech Women 100 Awards sponsored by We Are The City. We have two fantastic colleagues that have made the shortlist. So one of my colleagues, Bridie Sheldon, who's a client director in financial services, and another lady called Marlene Spenceley, who's part of our partner sales organization, driving real change for us there. So fingers crossed for them on the 16th of November when the final list of 100 is announced. Oh, indeed. And I love that. We're sitting here and we're giving credit to other women and showcasing other women's successes. That's fantastic. So sticking with this purpose thing then, how has this three-year journey, thinking about your contribution, your purpose, how has that helped you and how has it helped you specifically with coming back from an extended period of leave? I think it's helped me to be more focused on the type of work I want to do, the engagements I want to lead, how I work with my team and the activities that I'm saying a definite yes to versus that's maybe not my priority. I think it's definitely helped in the prioritization of where I spend my time. It's also helped me say no to some things. And that's an area I've been focused on improving for quite a long time, because I probably was a serial yes person before. And having come back from leave on still working full time, but on compressed hours, and trying to juggle spending some time with Henry and my husband, who's looking after Henry full-time while I'm working, means prioritising my day and, and work week is even more important. So I think it's come increasingly to the forefront when you're giving up family time to be at work rather than giving up your own time to be at work and making sure that when you are at work, you're spending it on things that are important to you and, and make a contribution to the business. So have you found yourself doing different things since you've come back having had Henry? a different work focus or a slightly different work focus because of that purpose and because of the compressed hours and Henry? Yes, I would say I have had a slightly different focus. Uh, I think on the types of engagement with customers that I'm leading or working with members of my team on, that's changed a little to be focused where we know that there's a real clear outcome that we can deliver for a potential customer that will have value to them. And we're very clear 
what our differentiation is and how we can help in that space. I also think it's changed some things because I still am involved in things outside of my day job, like the Women of Hitachi Committee or sponsoring and mentoring other women. But a few of the other things that I was probably doing before leave, I just don't have time to fit into the week now. So I've had to find other people to take those on. So I would say, yes, it has changed. And is your purpose, this well-articulated purpose that you have for yourself, is it something that you share with colleagues? I do, yes. In fact, uh, I did a values exercise just last week as part of a career leadership programme that I'm doing with a number of excellent women. And I came out with a top 10 list of values and how that aligns to your purpose. And I actually picked the things, the five that I thought were my top five, and I've started sharing those with people. I'm also interested to find out what other people's values and purpose are to make sure that where there are potential areas that aren't aligned, we understand that. And, you know, not everybody's purpose and value need to be aligned. But I think if you understand where the differences are between you and people that you work with or spend a lot of time with, even in a personal remit, you can avoid conflict. That's interesting. So avoiding conflict is one of the outcomes. Anything else positive that you think comes out of being explicit with colleagues about your mission, about your purpose? I think it helps with human connection. And that's very important to me. I'm a huge extrovert, right? So if you do any of these personality tests on your extrovert versus introvert, I'm very, very far on the extrovert scale. So human connection and bonding with people and understanding what drives others, I find fascinating. And I get my energy from other people. So understanding what's important to the people that you surround yourself with can only mean that you can help them be more successful. I'm a big believer of openness and transparency, you know, without prying, right, without getting into details Mm. of people's personal lives they don't want to share, but in order to foster better relationships with the people that you work with and, and ultimately, I think, you know, the better working relationships are, the better a business performs. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, there's a whole load of psychology around self-disclosure and how appropriate self-disclosure breeds liking and and builds trust. Because if I disclose some personal things to you, you're then more likely to disclose to me and it builds that relationship. It takes someone to go first. So I totally see that. I'm thinking about people who might be listening who are not really sure what their purpose is. Any advice for someone who who's not sure what their purpose is? How do you go about finding that out? You, you talked about doing a values exercise. Any advice or suggestions there? There is a lot of material online, a lot around values anyway, and what's important to you. And you just have to search for understanding my values and a number of free exercises will come up. So I, I think kind of getting to a list of 10 things that are important to you Take some time, right, and take some self-reflection. But it is a simpler thing to do than understanding your the why behind what you do. I would say start with the values, then speak to some people that know you well and see if they agree with what you come out with or if they see any differences. And then I think you can think about where are you at your best, what scenarios or meetings or conversations do you feel like you're flying in? Do you feel like you're you know, in the zone, you know what you're talking about, you're really passionate about whatever it is, and try and unpick the things that contribute to those situations and you'll get to a point where you realise what's very important to you. Equally, if you've been in a situation where you have got very frustrated by something or something has angered or upset you that's probably because it's going against what you value so you can see the opposite end of that scale as well you sound so together claire which is just wonderful 
But I do ask all my guests to tell me about their wobbliest moment throughout their period of leave, whether it was something that happened before you went or something while you were away or or coming back. Tell me about your wobbliest moment. When I was about 30 weeks pregnant, so I still had about eight weeks left of work to go. I'd done most of my handovers because I'm an organiser. So I'd kind of started talking to people who were going to take on my activities, making sure they had everything that they needed. And a lot of that was coming up to being finished. And part of me thought, God, I've got another 10 weeks or eight weeks to go of this. What am I going to do? And also by then I was tired, right, and traveling. We were still traveling then. So for people who are pregnant at the moment, then hopefully no commuting is a positive thing. I started, I guess, thinking, well, what am I going to do with the rest of the time I've got left? Am I going to add any value to the business? And am I going to disappear into the background and they'll forget about me? And then what's going to happen for the whole of the year that I'm off? Because our business, I already knew, was going to go through some changes during that time. And luckily for me, Henry decided to arrive three weeks later. So I didn't have much time to dwell on that situation. I came with another challenge, which was having a seven-week premature child. But it was a wobble and actually having returned and stayed in touch with colleagues using the keep in touch days, which are invaluable. It was an unnecessary worry, right? People still valued the work I was doing. They knew I was going to be off for a period of time, but I had good relationships in place and people wanted me to come back to the company. So it's not something that became a reality and I shouldn't have been worrying about it so much. But hindsight's a wonderful thing, right? Yes. I guess that's the message there. And Looping back to where we started about what do you want to be known for? I mean, when you think about leaving your role, and I'm not suggesting that you are leaving your role anytime soon, but what do you want your legacy to be from the time at Hitachi? I would like my legacy to be of somebody who has successfully delivered what they committed to for the customers that they committed to, who's someone who made promises and delivered on those promises and who was a fun member of the team to be around, who had the right balance between working hard and enjoying the time that you have at work. I just think it's so wonderful knowing exactly what you want and what you want to be known for, because as you say in your LinkedIn article, it can help you keep your inner people pleaser at bay because you're able to focus on the things that are really going to help you live that purpose and you're sharing that purpose with colleagues. So it comes as no surprise as to what you say yes to and what you perhaps put to one side. I want to pick up on something else that you mentioned, compressed hours. Any top tips on that then? How you are managing to do the job that you were doing before Henry and now you're doing it over four days? Firstly, I'm incredibly fortunate because my husband is taking control of full-time childcare while I'm at work. So I'm not in the same boat as the vast majority of people, I think, coming back to work after leave or certainly maternity leave where they have to juggle kind of taking care of a child and coming back to work. But I think even that, there's still some challenges. And of course, I want to see my son during the working week as well as on the three days that I don't work. I would say, firstly, if you're requesting it and you don't know if it's going to be approved, find out if there's a precedent within your business. Has somebody else got this arrangement? How does it work? How do they find it? Talk to those people. Because not only will it help you get an understanding of how achievable it is within your own organization, it will also give you some potential boundaries of what you're asking for and why and some reasons that you want it. I'd also then be very clear with whoever you're talking to, what you're asking for and why you're asking for it. So for me, I'm on compressed hours, but I'm still a full-time employee and I still therefore hold a full-time 
sales target. So the outcome to the business in terms of how I'm measured as an individual is no different. And then it's up to me to plan that time. And then I think about when you want to come back or you're ready to come back, if you have got those hours approved, how do you want that to be communicated? Do you want to tell people individually? Would you rather the manager or leader of your team tells people What expectations do you want to be set with the people around you? Because I have had to tell lots and lots of people that I don't work on Fridays. And every time I tell them or I set my out of office, I do question in the back of my head, do people think I'm going to be less committed? And that's not the case at all. But it's something that runs through my head every time I have to do it. So in hindsight, again, I potentially could have been better if I'd asked for a broader communication to be sent out saying that this is how I'm coming back. And then I wouldn't have to have that conversation with individual people on a week by week basis for the first few weeks when you come back. And what about managing your energy levels? Because if you're doing the full time job over four days, that obviously the laws and physics and not bending time means that you are working longer days. How do you stay productive and focused over a longer day? Any shortcuts or insights on that? When I first came back, the answer to that question would have been badly. Um, I realized very quickly that I need exercise and I need some fresh air and sitting at a desk from eight till 6.30 or seven with limited breaks for tea and biscuits and all the other things we shouldn't be eating while we're sat on our backsides in lockdown for extended periods of time didn't help me. So I've started building an exercise into my day. For me personally, that means getting up very early before Henry wakes up and doing half an hour on a bike or something similar before we get ready and before he wakes up for the morning. Again, I'm blessed with a sleeping child, so I can fit that in before he wakes up, which I appreciate not everybody else gets. And I invested in a Fitbit as well. Actually, my husband bought it for me because I was appalled at how little I was moving Monday to Thursday. So that makes me move around. Personally, I've never struggled with motivation for working long hours and long days. It's been part of my working life for 14 years since I joined the technology industry. But definitely breaks, definitely exercise and some structure in a day wherever you can. So when are you going to take your time out? When are you going to go for a walk? When are you going to do something else that's important to you? And then a little bit of mindless TV in the evening always helps. Oh, yes. Well, you know, you've done your work, you've made your big contribution to your professional life and you've done your exercise. Why not? You've said so many things that I think listeners can learn from. Is there one thing out of everything you've said or perhaps something else that you would give to our audience as a top tip when coming back to work after extended leave? Believe in what you achieved before you went on leave, because that's what people will remember about you, not the fact that you've been on leave. Wonderful. Claire Thomas, thank you so much for being my guest today. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Nice to speak to you, Jessica. Claire talks so thoughtfully about purpose and values. And as a coaching psychologist, I know how being clear on your values can help guide career decision-making and bring fulfillment at work and at home. If you're curious about your values and want to get clearer on your purpose, I can recommend the free value survey that was created by the grandfather of positive psychology, Professor Martin Seligman. You'll find a link to that in the show notes along with Claire's LinkedIn article. Now, my mission is to keep everyone everywhere feeling confident, connected and cared for when they take extended leave from work. It's why I started the podcast and why every month I run a free, open to all, comeback conversation where you can put your return to work questions and challenges to me and a special guest. 
They're once a month, generally a Tuesday night at 8 p.m. London time. They're pithy, practical and positive and they're absolutely free. Come while you're making dinner, watch it while you're eating dinner. You can wear your PJs, just come as you are. Just make sure you come. Get the dates and register via comebackcommunity.co.uk.